Welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. I'm your host, Stratton Brown. I interview successful entrepreneurs from around the world to see what moves they've made in their lives to get successful and more importantly, stay successful. I'm here to make sure you can create a better life for you and your family. Let's tune in. What's going on, family? Welcome to the Winning Move Podcast. We have an amazing guest on today. I think one of the most high energy people I know. He's in the same, somewhat of the same space as I am. He's a badass. I, I can't even say enough about him. His name's Scott Morris. Thanks for coming on, bro. Brother, I appreciate it, man. I, uh, I think the exact same about you. I don't even know how we first crossed paths, but like, I feel like I was one of your biggest fans, and I felt the love was reciprocated from our one day one man. So I appreciate this opportunity to come and speak with your uh, followers and oh, you. Of course, bro. So, I mean, let's, let's do, oh, real quick, if you guys are looking for any virtual staffing, go to calmagicians.com. If you guys are looking for any type of marketing, go to lamsumedia.com or Lamsu Leads. Um, but, bro, let's start off. I want to hear about your early life. I'm fascinated with your high energy. I don't think anybody kills social media the way you do. You're a fucking monster on there. You hype me up just when I'm watching you walk through the call center. Uh, we are in it. We're in it. I was like, oh, man, it's time to fucking go. Yes, that's right. I appreciate so, it. What's your early, what were you doing early career-wise, bro? Uh, so, man, uh, I'll give you the, the shortest or medium version of it. Uh, I found sales at, like, legit sales at 21 years old. Uh, my family owned, like, an alarm company where we would go and install alarms at different businesses. And uh, this was in Williamsburg, Virginia. I grew up in Richmond, moved out to Williamsburg. And, bro, no bullshit. We went into this massive, like, sales pit. I didn't know it was a sales pit. I just saw these, like, Mercedes and BMWs outside. And I was up there teaching these kids, like, how to use the alarm. I was like, what do you guys do? They're like, oh, this is timeshare. I was like, what's timeshare? And they were like, oh, we get paid to, like, talk just sales shit back and forth. I was like... How much you guys make? And that started off an adventure in my life at 21. You want to talk about real deal, raw dog, aggressive uh, sales training. Everything I learned that was the seed that was later watered throughout my whole professional career. Honestly, I came from understanding the psychology needed to convince somebody to pay twenty to $40,000 in one seed to buy something that realistically was absolutely a luxury. Without a doubt. Do you have, so like who, in your professional opinion, who do you think is like the best sales coach or like sales training that like you've taken that you really like? Dude, I've been uh, really blessed to have one-on-one -on -one mentors early on, uh, Okay, but I was still broke as shit. And so what I yeah. always tell people is that phrase, like you are the equal of your five closest friends. Like I was taught that at a long age and realized that with all due respect, my closest friends weren't shit. And so what I did is I found books. Like if you saw my personal library, you'd think that I should have glasses and fucking wear a bow tie. Like I am all about books. And so what I did is I surrounded myself with the greats like Zig Ziglar. And I saw him a couple of times in person before he passed away. Oh, yeah. soul. But he had, there's never been another author, John Maxwell maybe, but Zig Ziglar by far changed my whole paradigm on how to be in sales, do it the ethical way, even if you were with a grimy type product, like Kaiser is, which is it is what it is. Uh, but do it in a way, and so I, that my mentors were books, period, end of story, because I couldn't afford a real mentor, and I didn't have anybody in my social circle 
that was worth studying under. Okay. So Zig Zig, I've never read a Zig Ziglar book. I'd say John Maxwell for me, as far as growing as a leader. And now, I mean, yes. you have to be a, a really, really good leader. I, I know exactly the position you're in of being a leader. John Maxwell has been a game changer for me and Jocko Willink, but John Maxwell overall has been amazing. Yeah, he's the man. I think what John Maxwell taught me too is because I grew up in Virginia and so everything's very still faith-based in that state. Okay. Uh, like the first time I moved to Florida, I, like I saw like a billboard with like liquor being advertised. And I was like, oh my gosh, how did they do that down here? Like it's crazy. It rocked my world. Uh, but I remember John Maxwell being so faith-based in his nuggets of leadership. And I'm a big person on quotes, like quotes have changed my life. And uh, I actually have it. It's called The Power of Thinking Big. It's on my coffee table here in my office. Mm-hmm. That's a, a book that he put together. It's just nothing but quotes, power quotes. And so, yeah, man, I, I think that when it comes to sales, mentorship, leadership, there's a lot of good books that are out there. There's a lot of great YouTube channels that are out there. But unless you're in an environment where you can put it into action, calibrate, write down your results, then it really don't mean shit. Because reading it ain't going to do nothing. Action will do everything. Bro, talk about writing that shit down and calibrating. I think that's one thing nobody... If it's not tracked, it's not improved. Couldn't agree more. And I think in sales, too, what we call scripting. And so if you have guys that you can go work on scripts with, objections and rebuttals with, like, it is a very manly thing to be in your peers and bounce objections and rebuttals off of each other. Like, it is a very manly thing to be doing that over going out a while and out a little bit or whatever. So... Uh, I think writing them down, practicing them, calibrating, getting feedback, uh, you know, it's, it's what they say, measure twice, cut once. Like before you go out and try something, you need to get some type of calibration on the people that you trust that are in that vertical. How often were you doing that at the beginning of the role play and calibrating and all of that with your peers at the timeshare stuff? Psychopathic. Okay. So much. So much. My director of sales here in Columbia, a gentleman named Marcus Wilkerson, he's here in Columbia. When I was 20 and 21 years old, uh, me and him would meet. He lived a couple doors down from me. We would literally meet every day. I'm a big person of dry erase boards, so I had my old rooms and everything covered in dry erase boards, all the glass in here. There's probably 400 words on here, just different things in my office right now. But, yeah, I really believe in it because there were people that were so much better than me, and I knew that they had experience. And to catch up with them, I needed to hustle while I was waiting. And that meant practicing the scripts between clients, practicing objections and rebuttals between clients. Uh, so you got, so now your boss works for you? Uh, no, he was a colleague then. Uh, okay. he, was, he was my homeboy then. But what I'm saying is, is that DNA of us being able to always steal, sharpen, steal, bounce oh, yeah. it back and forth. He's a trusted soul. He's here. He's my DOS now. Uh, and so it's, it's, it's been a it's been a wonderful journey, but again, every almost every single day we would calibrate together as peers. Tell me about what did it take to get him out there to where you are. Talk to me uh, about by, that. By now, twenty years of uh, friendship and and being in various business opportunities together. Uh, not much, man. You know, I showed him a one good weekend down here, and he was just like, "All right, Scott." Uh, but people have seen what we've done. This is this is like my third major company that I built, and so people have okay. seen it before, uh, and so yeah, this is this we, we got something really beautiful here, and I want to make sure I'm surrounded by people that I can trust in my absence to maintain the culture and the uh, results. 
what were the other two businesses? So, yeah, the last big company was a lead generation service, very similar, very sexy, very similar uh, for attorneys where people had felt they were victims of some type of fraud. And so typically was dealing with the vacation industry as well, too. But people had been either coerced or beat up into some type of product and they needed out. And so the motivation is very similar as it is into our space, which is the real estate world, which is people are distressed. Yep. They're not sure exactly who to turn to. They're not even sure if there is an option out there that can resolve them uh, or resolve their concerns. And so I learned digital marketing maybe 10, 11 years ago. And that's that's kind of what started me on this marketing journey. And I can I feel like one of my good talents is being able to put myself in the consumer's shoe to generate copy or marketing channels that they are responsive to. Uh, and so we grew a monster company in South Florida uh, with uh, selling leads to attorneys nationwide. And then it had a little bit of regulatory headwind because not everybody thinks attorneys should be able to buy leads at scale. <laughs> but um, do you care to share numbers about how big you built that? Yeah. It, it was uh, big, bro. It was big. Uh, so I can tell you that I went all the way through the whole process and we, at the very end, we were selling it to a private equity fund and a deal ended up falling through just to some litigation issues, but we already had a signed LOI. We went through all of our due diligence. We had a closing date set and the deal was going to be for uh, $52 million and it would have, I still would have retained, I think 15, 16% ownership. And so we were we were doing thirty some million dollars in a year in gross revenue at that mm -hmm. stage when we went to a PE fund. So yeah, that, that's what made this industry so appealing to me because yep. I saw a lot of similarities in your guys' space, which I still don't consider it my space yet, at least the real estate investment industry. But I was like, oh, this is highly similar. You have a very fragmented industry strategy, and I'm and I'm being serious. Like these guys in this space. All the wholesalers, they're very fragmented. It's like what, this little moment. Fragmented. So you're not, uh, to me, fragmented is, is you have 50 people in one market who are only doing a deal or two or three or four. They don't really talk to each other. There's no unified platform. There's no unified, nobody's, everybody might be using Podio, but it all looks different. No one's, oh, everybody's using their cell phones. No one's using the same marketing funnels. And I'm just like, oh, this is very disruptive. Like you could just come in here and just be like, Hey, I'm Goliath. Uh, and so I really, really like the fact that there's uh, so many mom and pops, which means there's a lot of people respectfully that are hobbyists and not entrepreneurs and they're easy to gobble up their market share uh, because they don't have the will. They'll be here for two or three years. They're hikers. They're just hitchhiking along in this entrepreneurial section of their life and then they're gone. Okay. So overall, Say. Do you want to create a massive platform or do you want to keep it Lambs for Media? Uh, so what I want to do is solve a massive problem. And okay. whatever that looks like uh, is what I plan on doing. Uh, solving the problem is, is that most wholesalers don't have time to focus on what matters most, which is generating revenue. Yep. They're so lost in the weed strap from... Uh, I, where do I target data? Who do I buy it from? They don't keep track of their data purchases. They don't do any lead lifecycle management. Uh, they're, they're, everybody's got shiny object syndrome in this space. 
So it's like squirrel. Okay, I'll try this provider. Okay, I'll try this provider. Okay, I'll try this provider. Uh, and so, and then when it comes to even sourcing leads, they struggle to be able to do it correctly or find the right resource. And so they're spending 70% of all their efforts on something that's not really going to generate revenue. So not revenue generating. Yep. Yeah, it's all about closing deals. 100% this whole industry to be successful is about sales acumen, in my opinion. I think so. I, I mean, it, especially when you are at the front end, right? It's all about just top line, bro. Like, how can you get as much top line into that bitch as possible? Yes. I'm getting that going. So we got that, your sales training. What does your company look like now? This uh, one. Lama Sumedia. Yeah. Uh, so we're about, we just crossed over 80 today. We had 12 new employees start today. So we Hell just yeah. crossed over 80 employees here in this office here. And I'm in Columbia, South America for everybody that uh, is watching. So I moved down here. February 17th was our one year anniversary of me launching this product down here. Um, and so we're about 80 some employees today. We have, uh, we have 58 or 59 affiliates as of today. We'll be in the 60s at the first of next month. And we're just building and nurturing relationships with different uh, investors, wholesalers throughout the nation uh, that are looking to hand off segments of their business so they can focus on revenue generating actions. And are you, you want to talk about your data side? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I talk about data, Legion, our wholesale operation in the States. Um, the whole works. I think that, you know, just from a value add perspective, I think the best thing somebody can do, and I know you offer, uh, I believe you offer some like virtual assistance uh, help for people out there. That's correct. Or is it all yeah, call so focused? We, we do call focused, but we're going to take a build out another side of it, right? To where it's right. more staffing. Yes. I think staffing is going to be really good as well. And then we're still going to have the call side because I think it for right now, I think we have a really good thing going. But I see us being same thing, bro, being able to take fucking market share because nobody the employee aspect of it. Nobody knows how to manage people. Nobody really knows how to lead people. Nobody knows really what needs to be done. So we can step in and take that market share and have it be pretty easy. Yeah, well, I think then what you're saying is exactly right, because people need a reliable source. But they're not getting milked. Right. Uh, and they can trust somebody to do all their lead lifecycle management. People don't understand how important it is. Uh, you know, I, we have a philosophy here, and then I'll talk about data for a second. But, you know, after you run your call center, uh, on after you run call center on your records, you're going to get responses back in your spreadsheet like, okay, wrong number, not interested, converted. And you should be able to synthesize that massive record uh, down. And so then now we know where we're dropping mail to. Now we know where we're doing exactly. RBA to. Now we know where we're doing SMS to. Yes. And most people don't have the time or infrastructure or knowledge to be able to do that. But if meet people like me and you can do that for them, then they can just have more targeted marketing spend. Like yep. after 60 days with me, you should never buy data blind again. Uh, and so that's what we, that's the name of the game. I love that. So does that go over the data? Then let's go over to the calling. Then we'll go to wholesaling. Yeah. Um, so the calling, I think what we've done that's very unique is that we take, dude, if you came in, I can't wait for you to come to my office too. Uh, but if you came in my office on, and the main call center is a big, huge quote along the wall and it says, it takes time to take homes. And I will never, 
ever be frustrated with an agent for being on the call for a long time, getting a conversion or working towards a conversion. And so I think what's very unique about us in this space is when we're generating leads, like our average qualifying call is about 12 to 15 minutes long. We did talk about this. It is completely different. Yeah, and that's very unique because a lot of times people like my agents know what the word soffit is, faucet is, awning, uh, gutter, you know, like that takes a lot of training to be able to take somebody to be able to have that high level conversation about a house or the real estate market. But when you can have somebody who is taking 10 to 15 minutes with somebody or longer to qualify them, then really what you have is it's like a baseball diamond strap. What I, what I put it is this, it's like home base, right? First base is getting the data. Second base is getting a qualified lead. Third base is the pitch. Home is the closing table, the funding. And it's like, I'm trying to start all of my clients running to third. Like, hey, we got the lead, now let's go. And the only way you can do that is by not sending over a heartbeat in a home. So what I first noticed, because I outsourced our cold calling at first before I launched my own call center down here. I don't, I, I outsourced it to a, a gentleman in Cali, Columbia. Cool dude, but never loved the company as much as I love the company. And why would it? It's not his company. But I just found that if I could take the call further on the front end, then my closers would have a running start. And they're not spending time being a glorified VA. Because that's the worst thing you can do with, to a closer is make them a glorified VA constantly requalifying something that's underqualified. Pushing nonsense. Uh, exactly. Heartbeat in the home. They have a heartbeat, yes. They have a home, yes. Let's just send the lead. And I know companies like ourselves don't subscribe to that theory. Like you have to be a legitimate with motivation, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. So what... And I do I do like that, bro. Let's where the fuck do you get such high energy? Where where are you where are you coming from with these intense social media posts that got me ready to go run through a wall for you? Uh, I'm, I'm ready to run through a wall for you and your company, bro. Uh, first off, I appreciate it. Uh, it means a lot. Uh, I don't know, man. I actually had to cut it down. We're on a wait list right now until July. Yeah. So I have more clients, respectfully, and I'm starting to qualify them harder now. Uh, but where I get the energy from is this is my jet ski. I said it in the meeting the other day here with my staff. You know, I have a bunch of mentors, people that we both respect that are in this in this industry. They're like, oh, man, hey, your, your family, you're this. Maybe you should slow down. I'm like, cool, I get it. I know that you want to go enjoy what you do, but this is my jet ski. This is the same feeling that they get when they are on a jet ski is what I get when I walk in this office because it's fucking exciting. I'm helping kids change their lives. I'm helping wholesalers scale their fucking business. I'm getting paid handsomely like, this is what I love. This is this is my. It's beyond my dream job because uh, it's not a job. It's just like yo, this is my passion. I want to come in here. I want to disrupt the industry. I want people to fucking uh, have to know, get down or lay down as a principal. Uh, and that's where we're at, man. So that that's where the energy is from because it's literally like when you're riding a jet ski. It's the same energy I have when I walk in here every day. Have you had that? Like, how long have you had that though? Did you just get that? Like, is it innate? Been like that for as long as I can remember. Uh, dude, when there was no cubicles in here and I was pitching people, dude, literally not a single, we hadn't bought anything. We had an empty office and I was pitching people at a fucking little table like, hey, I'm going to launch this. It was the same excitement then as it is now. Uh, but then I thought I was only going to do it for my own wholesale business. That's honestly, I'm not, I did not intend to start this. 
Yeah. But I had so many peers that were like, hey, bro, can I get some calls? Hey, yeah. I, get some calls? I was like, this is a business. Wait a minute here. There's a lot of people that have the same problem that we have. Well, and it's the scalability of this is insane to where I can scale a business where it's 70 something, you're 80 something to where our revenue is significantly higher than, let's say, someone who just gets started in wholesale, in my honest opinion. Like to where we're bringing in a lot of revenue decently fast and then it's consistent. And then again, I can go sell this to private equity if I want. Yep. Like I can take this and like, you know what? This is what we're looking at. This is what we generate. How much you want to give me? Yep. That's what I love about it. So you could be reading the, uh, I have these uh, like mirror markers, you know, they're really good for glass. You literally could be reading the one in my bedroom about PE funds and intentions, et cetera, et cetera. Like I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, something that is really interesting too, and offline I can share with you a really good contact, but it's free to take your business to market no matter the size. And so the, the brokers that you use to take to a PE fund, they will help you get that proctology exam you really don't want. And it's never too early to do it, Strat, because the feedback that you'll get will help you make the small changes on yeah. ad backs and et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I always tell people when they're like, hey, what do I need to do? Like, well, just go talk to one of these guys. I happen to know a guy because he's the guy who took us to market last time. Uh, but those types of firms are a dime a dozen. They're going to make a huge commission rip, so they want to be able to help you. Uh, but yeah, I agree. Uh, the industry is in dire, extreme need for consistent lead flow at a high quality basis to alleviate wholesalers so they can focus on generating revenue here. Exactly. So, how are you? I love, again, I'm going back in your energy. How are you building your culture? What books have you read? to keep it there like because it, it's a goddamn boiler room i can i can feel it i'm watching it mm-hmm. it's a goddamn boiler room mm-hmm. how are you building yeah. that what are you doing who what are you doing with your managers how are you bringing up are you bringing up people internally obviously you flew your dude in and have to put them up but like you're bringing up dudes internally like what does all that look like to build that great high energy culture uh so again thanks for the the, the compliment and i'm glad it's coming through uh I'll tell you one of the biggest things I've had an issue with because I am in a new country. Well, there's all kinds of issues with moving to a new country and being oh, the yeah. whitest guy in town. But aside from that, there's nobody here has sales experience. They all have customer service experience. Very, so very all true. these guys work for AT&T. They work yeah. for all these Best Buy. They work for Uber. They work for all the major U.S. players. They all speak fluent English, but they've always had a yes man, no man. They put their head down. They're so used to getting beat up over the phone. It's like, oh, we're going to stand up for ourselves right here. Yes. We're going to be more confident in life. And so people are so drawn. I believe in them more than they believe in themselves. And it's from the bottom of my heart. And the truth is, is my life's okay with or without this business. And I don't ever say that as a negative thing, but I say that as a, I think they can feel like, oh, he's in it. Like, I used this analogy the other day and words came out of my mouth, Strat. I said, oh, shit. So that's it. But I said, it's not even about the money at this stage. It is, but this is a high score in a game. That's what's drawing me. The same thing when you would play video games. I'm going to beat the score. I'm going to beat the score. I'm going to beat the score. I'm just going for a score. Uh, so they know that something exciting is going on. They know that I'm in it to see that, dude, I got kids here making more than their parents are making month after month after month. Uh, and it's great because I'm the first gringo to come to town. It's not trying to screw them over. Uh, and pay them like i just i'm the highest paying call center in town so how can i not accept all the traffic i mean all the uh talent all right i love that what's 
I mean, one of my goals, I want everyone in my company to make more money than I've ever made in their life. Amen. Number one, right? Like changing those lives and you are coming in and I like it. How are you, what's the big difference in the culture, right? Because we talked about, what's it called? A lot of them grew up in the States and they do have a lot of U.S. contacts. What has been the hardest part for you besides being a random white guy um, down there? And like just the gap, right? Because we're in, what's it called? Where we have a little bit of different markets. We're in like seven different countries. So like we have to be very, very, what's it called? Emotionally intelligent and have to know all that shit. So what was the big thing for you? Uh, I think rap, really wrapping my head around uh, human resource or employee employment law. Like today, there's a protest going on in town today. So the COVID restrictions, every time there's a protest, they say, hey, it's COVID. You guys can't leave the house. So that's interesting. But my uh, uh, my sales floor manager came to me. He said, hey, Scott, I don't know if you know this in the States, but here in Colombia, if there's a protest, legally, you have to let people leave if they want to leave to go protest. I was like, really? What? Like, I got, he's like, yeah. I was like, no, hey, we're going to go talk to the attorney in the back. So I don't even know what they said because they said it in Spanish. But evidently, uh, they put some water on that. Uh, because I, if somebody wants to leave to go protest, I'm going to follow with you. I just want to make sure you're going to go protest. You're going to go protest? I'm, I'm with you. Don't do your thing. But don't just go grab a beer somewhere and say you were protesting. Uh, but other than that, just stuff like that, man. Uh, the uh, way people can get a doctor's note for the easiest things. And so what I had to do is establish from the beginning that you won't hit your goals, you won't hit your bonuses if you continue to do the things that you've done your whole life. And so I don't need to babysit people. I'm the only employer in town that allows these guys to have their cell phone at their desk. And this, and it's like, I treat them like an adult, but learning the laws and having to navigate my incentives around the laws was definitely very, very unique. Okay. Um, what other weird laws do you have down there? And like these are like HR laws to a, there's bizarre and it's dude, you give people a life well, you give them a contract. You can be whatever length that you want, but like it's literally like signing an NFL prospect. You're like, hey, I'm gonna give you a three year contract, a two year contract. And you can't fire them like for any reason during that time. Like they can be goobers. Right. Uh it's really tough to fire them unless you're willing to pay a penalty. And so I just let it be known across the board, like, yeah, I'll I'll pay that penalty. No problem. Last thing I'm gonna do is keep cancer. So if right. somebody's not, uh, somebody's got an attitude or they slipped in through the, dude, I've ran call centers in South Florida, Central Florida, Columbia now. My family here, I call them my family, my, my team members here were the best here. I, dude, you pay X amount of dollars for a team member in South Florida, you got a lot of junkies. Uh, these are like real human beings that need real resources that are very efficient for the job. So for the most part, I'm really just crying over a little bit of spilt milk. It's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful community that's accepted me with open arms, and I'm trying to make sure that they're paid exceptionally high comparatively. I love that. Do you do personality tests, bro, for like that front end funnel? No, my my primary driver is English fluency, and are you a good human being? Uh, okay. If if you can speak really good English and you can pass our interviews because it's a two-step interview process. We don't do any like uh, real flat-out assessment tests. No. English fluency and good human beings. I love it. Let's talk about promoting people internally. And the number one thing that I think we both know is some, I'm not a big fan of promoting a great salesman into a manager because then you will lose 
your best salesman and you lose a manager. So how, how are you navigating that shit, bro? It's, it's a pressing question right now, right now, because we <laughs> literally, so we just did our forecast. I'm comfortable with saying it on, on record. We just did our forecast for where we need to be at. And on our map out that we did a wireframe for, it's 188 employees is our goal right now. So 188 employees will give us a pretty strong uh, segment of the marketplace we feel. And to do that, it's like all these people we need to be team leads are currently my top dogs. And so the way that we plan on accomplishing this task is to make sure the incentives for them, for their people's performance, is equal to or greater than what they would have been if they were on that team itself. And so getting 11 people's worth out of performance out of 10 people allows me to peel off that manager and make him ahead of those. And so just raising the bar to equate for their missing performance into the group's performance uh, should do it for us. Are, so your pod's 10? That's what we're going to gun for, yeah. Right now we have three people on roughly 40 agents uh, and uh, we need help. And so going up to 70 real quick. Yeah. It's, it's a bitch, man. It really is because me and you are both in the game where it's easy to let outside, uh, people influence us to grow faster than we should. And, uh, because there's such a demand for our types of services and then you run the risk of diluting the product. And for yes. me, I, I, I don't need the headache. Like I say it all the time, I don't need the headache. As soon as this becomes not riding a jet ski and rowing a boat, then I don't want to be on it. Well, I mean, I like, we are upping our training process to like a month to a month and a half now to where we were three weeks and we felt like we did it enough. But then I'm, I'm taking your approach to where I just want to start people off in, um, what's it called? In packs. Oh, in packs. Okay, and gotcha. right, month to month packs and that mm -hmm. just makes it easier. And like, what's it called? I like the flight culture that it makes too. Yes. Right. To where like now you have your seniors, you have that group, you have the next group, you have the next group, and it really hammers in that culture for you. It does. And I think also if you're not doing it, one of the things that I've learned benefit at least us is doing all of our enrollments on starts of the month or some particular segment of the month, but it's 15th or the first, because it allows us to be very celebratory. Okay, guys, go new month. We have seven new affiliates. Here's their right. markets. Talking and educated on each of the markets. Okay, we have 12 new employees. And so it's like we kind of have this cadence now where everybody knows every month there's going to be more affiliates. And everybody knows that every month there's going to be more employees. But for the back end, they would kill me if I was just randomly onboarding people at different days of the month. So it allows everybody to buckle down. They get three weeks of normalcy and then one week of mayhem. One week of, yeah. Just mayhem to launch a new group. Uh, yeah. How are you relaying your vision to your company? Like, what what are you doing daily? Like, I don't. I want to hear your stuff, and I'll tell you about mine. But like, what are you doing to show them? Like, hey, this is where we're going, and getting them excited about where you are going. Because I know you have that vision, and I know you're going fucking places. How are you relaying that yeah. to your team to get them fucking behind you? So we do have meet morning company wide meetings every single day for sure. From nine a.m. to nine fifteen a.m. We are screaming, we're yelling, we're hooting and hollering. Myself, my colleagues are up there. My uh, major players are up there in the front of the room. And not only are we celebrating successes, but we are also giving benchmarks and milestones to our performance and what's expected. Right. One of the things I always say is now that you know what's possible, now that you know what's expected. 
So every time we have like a record-breaking day, it's like, boom, new milestone. Now we got to edge up. Yeah. And so having those daily calibrations is a big, big deal, which is also what irritates me so much about uh, a lot of wholesalers is, this is, I'm going to repeat a verbatim, uh, almost verbatim sentence that one of my affiliates said, good guy, yeah, they still get the deals, but just not as much as they should. I said, so how often do you guys do sales training? Said, well, we leave it up to them. Well, how often do you do morning meetings? We're like, we just, we just, we'll, we just talk. And I'm just, you're missing out. You're missing out, player. You got, you got to get everybody together on the same page as you're saying. Strug the structure of it. Well, that's what we're talking about. You got the mom and pops tour. You got to take it three steps further to at least get some traction to go. And like, again, take the fucking market share, right? To where you have that structure, you gain that traction. I think the daily huddles are massive. We have those morning meetings, but yeah, bro, no sales training, shitty. And then how, what do you do telling your people about the follow-up game they need to have? So here on because the front side, you guys do a good fucking job. Like I know you, I know we do a good fucking job. But we can only do so good if these dudes don't follow up with people. So, like, are you talking to your people about that, helping them out with their systems? What's going on with that? So, are you speaking of on the lead generation side or the wholesale conversion side? I'm talking, like, wholesale conversion, right? To where I know we will send people hot leads and somehow they let it slip through the cracks. It's the most infuriating thing that exists, Strat. Because you and I both know we're doing two things when we give a hot lead to a weak, uh, and not in a weak system. I don't want to say individual, but a weak system. What we're doing is we're burning up a market that we could go in if we wanted to, us personally, or we're burning up a market for a strong person to come in. And I guess the third and the worst probably for the consumer is you wasted somebody's time. So that way, the next time somebody calls this person, like I do this all the time, I never get a, I never get a. Um, a conversion or whatever it may be. It's like, uh, people call me, but I never get an actual offer. So I also, so I'm in Columbia. I have a Panamanian company called Synergy CRM or Synergy Marketing Group. So you guys might see me talk about Synergy sometimes. For every affiliate that's on our CRM, and I don't per, uh, I don't promote it outside of my affiliates for now because it's just that's a whole business that I don't want to go down. <laughs> but we have nurturing campaigns that are built in there. And there's a transparency that's built in there that never lets a lead high. Uh, so that's that's a really good way to buttress against it. But the truth is, man, once I send a lead into somebody's podio, who, who knows? Who knows? And I shouldn't be responsible for it, but I feel like I need, if I could get access to everyone's CRM just so that way I could see how often they're calling the leads, I'd be disgusted. I know that much. I'd be disgusted. I'd be disappointed. <laughs> They'll read the notes and not even call it. That, bro, that's a thing. I, we tell our people to make the notes as detailed as possible, and like let let them know what's really going on because people will judge it based off the notes. To where I just started making fucking phone calls. Like, don't don't read anything. Just make the calls because you you're judging shit. You're judging shit too early. To where you never know. Hundred What's going on, Kay? So one of the things, uh, one of the things that I really started giving a lot of contemplation to is kind of underwriting the affiliates to a higher degree and finding out what kind of nurturing system that they have, uh, what are they doing for follow-up games, uh, really kind of holding more feet to the fire from the affiliate standpoint. Uh, I had a, a gang of uh, Amazon Automation boys come through my circle 
And they were like, yo, we made mad bread at Amazon Automation. We heard home sales getting it, so we want to come over here. And what a awesome these guys were. Uh, they just don't know sales. They don't know this. Or then you have people in the wholesale and they're trying to get into this vertical. And so it's like, I really um, am more in tune with working with experienced salespeople uh, and wholesalers to make sure that the leads get the nurturing that they deserve. I like, and like people can share on me for this. I like doing with like experienced business owners. I don't want the new person. And you're, I know you're somewhat of the same way. Like I, we have a minimum and like, that's all we do just because I got, for one, I need to know you have at least the cash flow to do it. You're going to buy into it. We'll have a contract and you're not gonna be able to pay up the contract. I don't want to put you in a shitty money situation, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's funny you say that. So I require like two to three months worth of data up front when somebody signs up with me because it's mm -hmm. like, yo, I don't even want you to have to think about buying data again. So you've already gotten your first contracts, closed, closing table, like the whole works. Like I need to make sure you get revenue coming before you start sweating over spending more money. So yeah, I agree. Okay. What are your plan? So what are your plans to scale? And then what steps are you taking to kind of get out of the office? Do you love the office? Because right, we're thinking of how can I be a leader, but I focus more on big picture things, but I know you thrive on being in the boiler room. It's a tough question. It depends on if it's a woman asking me this who has future thoughts with me. Because my future, oh, baby, don't worry. I'm going to leave it behind. Just stick around with me one more year, girl. You know, because uh, they want time. And my favorite place to spend time is here. You know, I love vacation, too. Don't get me wrong. But I really, really enjoy being here. Like, I thrive. It's, it's, it's really good for me. Um, future plans really is to, uh, you know, in my first full year, in last year would have been my first full year being partnered in the wholesaling office. We did over 500 contracts in our first full year. So I know that if my own wholesaling office can do that, and now we're talking about affiliates doing moving, let's say moving weight, right? Moving contracts. Uh, I'll do some big numbers in the wholesaling side with some of my direct partnerships and JV partnerships. So I think that's got legs. We just opened up a commercial side of it. Uh, I'm going to stay in the real estate vertical. I constantly get pitched to go into other verticals, but I think there's so much room here for domination, both on the data, the CRM potentially, but definitely on the data side, lead life cycle management, lead generation, wholesaling, commercial. Uh, we scooped up a couple of mobile home parts, scooped up a couple of self-storage facilities. So uh, yeah, I think it's just everything we're doing expansion-wise and then taking it someplace uh, to the marketplace and then silently backing out that way. Okay. And you, you moved your family down to Columbia, right? Mm-hmm. How did that go? How, how was that conversation of saying, hey, we're, we're out of here. We're leaving Florida. Uh, fairly easy-ish. Uh, and the reason why is because the mother of my children is Colombian. <laughs> and so that's what made me fall in love with the country and through her, I met a lot of great people. Her father at one point was the governor of the state. So I was able to get access. Oh, wow. Uh, I garnered some relationships with some quasi, I say power, people that you need to know to start a business. How about that? Accountants, attorneys, all these types of things. So uh, the conversation was went great. I have uh, two beautiful daughters uh, and they both speak better Spanish than me by far. Uh, but no, I think that was, it was a, the cost per lead that you need in this business for me did not seem attainable from the states and outsourcing yeah. it at the scale that i needed i felt like i needed to be involved 
Uh, and so that's what was, there was really no other option. If I wanted to come in and dominate, then I was going to need to generate massive amount of leads at a CPL that made sense and uh, needed to be under my watch. So whether it was here or Panama, because I still have a place in Panama, I could have done Panama, but the CPL would have been too high there because they're on the U.S. dollar there. And so uh, it just didn't make sense. Okay. What are your, what are your core, what are your core values and which one do you think is like the one you really hang your hat on? At least on, and what should people make their core values as they're building? Because I like, I wanted to bring you on, right? Because you're an actual entrepreneur and there is no YouTube showing us how to do this shit, in my honest opinion. It's where you can go on YouTube and Google the wholesaling stuff, but you have to have really good leadership traits, really good sales traits, and business structure traits to scale to the size that you're at so fast. And like, there's no YouTube showing you how to do this shit. No, there's not. Uh... You know, it depends on when you ask. Like, I could be on this podcast for months from now and give you a completely different answer. But one of the quotes that's been in my head a lot lately, it's very brief, but it's just unmitigated daily discipline. And to me, that means a lot. Unmitigated, never wake, daily, not taking a day off of discipline. Uh, I was, my alarm was off at 4.30 this morning. This morning, I went downstairs. I, I did my morning routine, which allowed me to accomplish more by... 738 when I finally had a cup of coffee or whatever, then most people will accomplish in a certain amount of time. And so uh, for me, I have to hold myself accountable bright and early every day. And so I, I guess that that's kind of it. And like, I just believe in, I have to wake up every morning with determination to finally go to bed with satisfaction. I have Muhammad Ali's going uh, in my bathroom, one of the mirrors, his quote, you know, murder rock. And just on hospital as a brick. I'm so mean. I'm literally screaming that shit in my mirror this morning. Every day in every way, I'm getting better and better. Like I am my biggest hype man. I'm I am I am hype man central to myself. And so I think that's the reason why I really don't have too much fear about growth or whatever. It's because it just seems like it's what I have to do. What is your morning routine? Uh so 4:30 currently is the morning wake-up routine. Uh so 4:30, get up. Uh, get out of bed, and then first things go downstairs. I grab a bottle of water. I go sit outside on my back porch, and then I'll uh, dive into the Bible. I'll read a couple of pages of the Bible uh, for the knowledge, just as much as the religion, for sure. Because there's some there's some powerful, powerful, powerful words in there. Um, and then I'll go into reading a book. Uh, right now, I'm reading a book by Mark Allen, who's one of my favorite authors. Uh, Think like a millionaire, Mark M A R C Allen, and do that. And then I do a Wim Hof breathing. Then I Ooh. do a little prayer, and then I have a home gym. So then I busted my ass at the gym this morning, and uh, knocked out a little bit of computer work, had breakfast, and then started going about my normal daily routine. So, and I have a sauna. I didn't hit the sauna, but sometimes I do. But that breathing, the prayer, the books, the Bible, the gym. Uh, that's my morning routine. Do you do any cold stuff with that Wim Hof breathing? So, yeah, if I hit the sauna, as soon as I get out of the sauna, I jump right into the pool. It's cold, but nah, dude, that scares me. <laughs> I haven't done it yet. I haven't done that like five minutes in a cold shower. I've been doing that lately. It's not bad. What? It's not bad. It's not you bad. get used to it. I did the Wim Hof breathing and training for my pro day when I was training to go to the NFL. Nice. And I, I like the breathing a lot. I, I like where it took me, right, mentally. Yeah. It, it's a lot of self-discipline. I like how you feel afterwards, and it's just a, a challenge. 
It's just, it's just discipline. What have you done to build your discipline? Hold myself accountable. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, when did you start realizing I, you need to hold yourself accountable? Like, so, as we're, we yeah, have new ahead. people watching us, right? Like, mm-hmm. new 21 year old Scott. What I was are you aware telling him how much do? I was fucking up. Stop fucking. What am I telling him now? What do you what are you uh, telling him to do to get to where we are, right? To like we know like this is what I had to fucking do to create this person. Because you're that person's dead and gone. Like they're they no longer exist. Uh you know, I think once I realized it's not a generational curse, but my parents got married at 17. You know, they have my or got pregnant at 16, got married at 17, had the first kid. And then I came out about six years later, like grew up like shit. Uh, uh, and so once I realized it was like, oh, that like I can educate myself, discipline. I didn't go to college. Uh, I applied to one college that had hella girls. It was like an 80, 20 uh, woman man ratio. And that wasn't going to work for me. Uh, so at some point uh, they didn't accept me, I should say. And uh, but at some point, I mean, it just clicked that like, hey, listen, I'm going to have to educate myself to greatness. And I have the luxury of not being taught by somebody who's getting 50 to 60 thousand dollars a year that hates their job or has some type of thing where they can't be fired. And so I think really just what I told myself is that if you truly are blessed and highly favored, if you truly are the man where you want to walk around and buy your parents at home. I did that a couple of years ago. Uh, do whatever it is that that I've been able to do. Like it's just going to take breaking away from the pack and educating myself. And that's really just, dude. You know uh, David Goggins? Yes, I love Goggins. The reason why I love him, and the reason why I think he's a psychopath that I just I, I endure. Like I, I like looking up to him because he just says it how it is. And the conversations that I have with myself aren't nice. Like, I'm not nice to myself if I catch myself. That little bitch-ass voice or the boss voice? Bitch-ass voice or boss voice? That bitch-ass voice is creative. They say some shit. You get to sleep. Creative. You might get to get hit the snooze bar. He's running. That's the best salesman in your head. But uh, just training the boss voice over the bitch-ass voice, uh, it's, been a, it's been a blessing. So that is one thing that I think is hard as an entrepreneur to where you can't beat yourself up too much because then you can go to a bad place. Right. So how are you how are you managing that? Like, because it's easy to beat yourself up and just based off of talking to you, bro, I know your expectations are through the roof and you don't. One thing I feel about Goggins is that he's the most unhappy motherfucker I think I've ever seen. But he is the toughest dude and I know he'll get everything done. But the dude has three divorces. I don't want divorces. Right. Um, I don't want those either. But. (laughs) With that being, let's, let's before the last part of the sentence. Uh, but I don't see it. If I were to accept that as reality, I'd have to change my whole paradigm. In other words, okay. I don't see it. I don't see it as being too tough on myself, where there could be a point where I'm too tough on myself, because uh, that would mean that there's a weakness of myself. Uh, and I just uh, listen. I, I, I do. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure when you claim what you claim, what we claim, and uh, I just know that action, and that maybe that's the reason why, like everybody, hey, slow down, slow down, slow down. But I know the way to success is action. One hundred percent. So I haven't. Ha- I, I, no, man, I don't. I don't think I've pushed myself to the point where I've broken myself 
yet other than bad habits. I love it. Well, and then the pressure, uh, bro, you're responsible for feeding 80 different people's families yeah. day in and day out and holding them to a standard that lets them increase that. And I don't think really anybody understands that. You have to stay on them so they can st feed their family because, again, they don't see the whole vision and you know you can get the most out of them. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a community project um, and getting their buy-in because, listen, uh, I'll tell you one thing I love about Columbia down here. This is like the noble ship, one of my favorite things. It's going to sound a little weird, but is the people who beg for money. They don't beg for money. I'm telling you, bro, at every light down here, you got a dude out there juggling machetes. You got a guy out there with a soccer ball. You got a dude taking a piece of rope across both stoplights and walking on the rope like balancing that. Like, the hustle is real. Doing, yes. They're getting it. And so all I am is I am facilitating them a place. That, that's all I can do, right? Like, if I do my job, which is employers, and make sure the check always comes, the lights are always on here, that they have a safe place, that the women feel safe, that the guys aren't worried about some bullies or shit like that, then I've done my part. Uh, I go, I've got to generate new business, so i got to generate business. But after I've done that, man, I feel really comfortable with the chips falling because there's only really one place that they can fall, which is up. Bro, I think that's a good place for us to wrap that up. I think that was an amazing point. Where can people find out more about you? Yeah, um, so personal on virtual cash offer. That's my personal IG uh, at Lamasu Leads behind me or lamasuleads.com uh, for our company IG. And as Strat says, I just love to talk. Not trash, but I just love to have fun, show you guys the inner workings of a massive call center generating highly qualified, highly motivated leads. So I'm super blessed to have been given this opportunity, Strat, just to be able to sit here and kick it with you. I know it's the first time we've done it like this, but. I know there'll be many more times behind the scenes, so I really do appreciate it. Hell yeah, man. Thank you so much. And if you guys are looking for any type of virtual staffing, go to callmagicians.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Winning Move Podcast. I hope it helps you make all the right moves in your life and business. Please make sure to go like and subscribe on any podcast platform that you're listening to. And make sure to go follow me on Instagram at Strat Daddy. Thank you guys so much. I'll talk to you soon.